Welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is Jet, and this is the Sustainable Culture Podcast. Last time you'll remember, we had the pleasure of hearing the story of Abby Henning and her deep connection with bees, less beekeeper and more bee communer. She spent time with them, she studied them, learned how to listen, gave them what they asked for, a lovely and refreshing portrait of the idea of family and community. This episode, we're carrying this idea of communing, joining in, or you could say integration, and applying it to environmentalism from a much more personal perspective. Now, I happen to know for an actual fact that there are a few specific folks listening who are particularly passionate about, say, for completely random and not in any way intentionally specified for my own smug amusement example, climate change, marine sustainability, feminism... American pride, personal independence, or hell, I don't know, coffee, if that's a subject that's important to anyone in particular that's that's listening. What I'm leading up to is the passion behind movements in these areas. Why am I so passionate about what I believe? How did my identity become what it is? Are there stories that led me to where I am that I'm allowing myself to breeze over or skip over entirely what experiences shaped me in drastic ways and in what ways do i see those experiences shape my surroundings carl jung said until you make the unconscious conscious it will direct your life and you will call it fate our guest today is a particular fan of that particular quote for good reason mari gilgi is well you could call her a trauma coach grief counselor integration specialist, transformation coach perhaps, or a title I heard recently that I think sounds much more fitting is mystical therapist of sorts. Mari is into this crazy idea of sitting with you and talking about what's actually happening. <laughs> Exploration into these intense emotions, you know, can be painful and scary work. And we're highlighting it today because if we want people to understand sustainability, then we need to understand environmentalism. And for environmentalism to be understood, we need to understand how to care for people. And to understand how to care for people, we start with ourselves. So come on in, join with Mari and me today as we discuss integration into one's community via integration with the self. And the further you dig, the stronger the foundation gets. Here is episode 20, Integrating into Community. you originally to just kind of say hey tell us about you and tell us your story and like a thing that shifted you into the direction that you're moving now and I've I've asked a bunch of people that but because it's you because I am aware of some of your story already <laughs> and I know a lot of the 
work that you've been getting into and I'll let you explain all that. But instead, I want to word it a little bit differently and I want to say it this way. Would you instead tell us about an experience which led to the momentum with which you're moving in the direction you've shifted in? Absolutely. I think that's even a better question because it's always, we all have the similar stories. It was one way and then I learned this thing and now it's another way, essentially. But the momentum for me was community and connection. Uh, not just connection with the community, but deeper connection with myself and living my life potently, <laughs> maybe is the word I'd use. Potently. Uh, and improving my skill in every area of my life, essentially. And what helped me inroad to that was community and connection and especially intergenerational relationships. So I met these people, uh, my mentors, I call them my mentors, and um, they saw me, I was about 14, 15 years old, and they saw me as just this like uh, neurodivergent kid who's been through a lot of trauma and is just trying to work it all out, has no idea who I am. I know I'm... I'm uh, my entire identity is around helping other people. So I'm this weird inversion of narcissistic disorders, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> like, I don't exist, but all of you exist, and I need you to exist so I can exist. <laughs> um, and they, they did. They were like, okay, we'll exist, and we're going to show that you exist too. And that's a, that's a very vague way. Well, that's of cool. They're like, all right, all right, we'll work with that. But, we're, but we're, because we're trying yes. to show you. Yeah, show you that both are true. That's cool. Right? Because when you're working, like, this is something... What like, a loving move. It's such a good move. And it's ultimately... I'd say that is the momentum. that I call it the legacy, but I think a momentum is even a more accurate word. Because um, I call it this legacy of leaning in to... to it's hard to say, like, even moving forward, because directionality is even hierarchical. It's like leaning in to be here deeper, I guess. Mm. To ask, like, yes, and... Yes. And. Rather than turning it to, you know, because in therapy we'll have, uh, you have somebody who's very good at their objective reality uh, or somebody who's really good at their subjective reality. Um, so in psychology, these are known as externalizers or internalizers. So externalizers are people who are like, everything outside of me is the root of my problem. If this person would just change, if this mm. person, if this thing would just change, uh, if we would just change this system, I would be happy. Right? right. An internalizer is somebody who's like, I am the root of my problem. If I could just change myself, if I could just change the system I have me if I was any way other than the way I am now it would be okay and the (laughs) root of both of those things is that if anything was different then I'd be happy Mm. and then exploring that's like okay well have you ever had anything shift or change in your life before yes okay so are you happy now (laughs) (laughs) did did it work (laughs) in in every area in philosophy and psychology and spirituality um, and science all these things we we and I think actually science has a lot to teach us in this, in a spiritual practice, is you create a hypothesis, you test it out, you make observations, and then you adapt your hypothesis to create closer to a thesis, as close to a thesis as you can get, an idea that you can get. It takes time. Did that work? Did that not work? And so we have to truly believe something like, I don't exist, only you exist. Okay, cool. What if it's both? What if it's both everything outside of you that's the problem and everything that's inside of you that's the problem? And what if neither of those things are the problem? <laughs> what if all of it? It just became very expansive and I fell in love with it. That is uh, awesome. They were, they were trained as pastors in Christianity. Like that, that's what they went to college for. That's how they met. Huge thing. I grew up Christian and 
Your mentors. And my yeah. mentors were, yeah. And they they were like, awesome, let's actually let's actually see what we believe and feel it. And and actually sit with it. And this practice of doing it with my spirituality and then my mentality, because <laughs> they're closely intertwined. Uh, moved. I've moved through all the shifts of atheism, theism, all of these things to learn the mechanism of it, to apply it to any system. So it's no longer the content, but the mechanism. So for instance, your podcast is about environmentalism. Hmm. So then the momentum of... Sort of. It's sort of about environmentalism. It's like... Uh, it's like yeah. trying to incorporate environmentalism in with the idea that to create a society where everyone is represented the way that they need to be. And by they, I'm referring to not just human beings, but everything else. Yes. yes. For everything to be considered, we also have to dig deeper into the stuff that environmentalism doesn't typically get into. Yes. Which is why you're the perfect person mm -hmm. to talk to about this, because th these are the connections that I hope to make here is saying mm -hmm. this idea of environmentalism and sustainability mm -hmm. these are all wonderful lofty goals if we're not first looking at some of the most important stuff underneath mm -hmm. i don't know that we're going to get anywhere nope. the ability to self-criticize and that sounds really mm -hmm. intense mm -hmm. <laughs> the ability to have a critical look at everything that's happening to look at something and go this is a neutral event um that's why i think trauma is really important and understanding yourself and if you have trauma um, that's why I think it's important is because there may be these bigger drives happening that you're not aware of that's getting all up in the business of important subjects like what you're saying of how do we create an integrative society mm -hmm. how do you create a society where everyone's listened to everyone's heard um, and taken care of right therefore you have to be able to look at absolutely everything with and maybe it's not just a critical view but with an honest view mm. what is actually happening here not just what do I want to be happening. You know, we all fall in love with idealism. You know, the system's going to work. It's just gotta. If it's I just, just believe hard enough, then it's just If we could just, work. if this could just, if this could just, if right. that could just, exactly. if these people could just, if we could just. If I could just, you know, yeah. when we lay in bed at night, not sleeping, thinking of all the way, oh, I was <laughs> yeah. just a better person or, oh, and you, you know, anxiety and all these things. The integration of self is necessary for the integration of other. And the integration of other is necessary for the integration of all. Yes. That's it. Okay, so... <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. So in an, if you can even put it in a nutshell, then, mm -hmm. what is it exactly that you do? Um, I want to just get to what we're actually talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, every conversation I have with everybody, and eventually I turn this into a business, um, is let's actually just talk about what we're actually talking about. Like, let's really get down to it. Um, let's, let's actually... <laughs> Is that the nutshell? It's, that's the nutshell. Let's actually talk about it. <laughs> I, I guess I'm a, I'm a trauma-informed... In a coach. nutshell, what do you do? Why don't you tell me? Why don't you tell me what I do? <laughs> that is what that's I do. <laughs> what else? That's perfect. <laughs> that is probably the best. Yes. Because that's what that. we're all looking for. We're all looking to be mirrored. We're all looking to be seen. Everything is about being seen. Mm. Um... Some people will say shame is about being seen. Shame is absolutely being about being seen because everything is. Mm. But shame is about the fear of being rejected. Yeah. And so we tend to self-reject before other people can reject us, ultimately enacting our worst fear. Right? So when we self-reject, we create the possibility of rejection in the world. And so we other-reject. And that's where you get the, the disease of this, where when you reject yourself, you reject other, and then you reject all. 
That's the inverse of this. So when you're able to see these both things, where am I with myself? And therefore, how can I set myself up for success for how I can be with other? And then how I can be with other becomes we. It's no longer me and you. It becomes we through comprehension. Yes. Right? And then with the we, we get to examine our it. Right? And then our the it, it. So you're, exactly. you're, you're essentially, you're grouping yourself into the other. Yes. And you're yeah, actually. It's no longer separate from you. You're a piece it. of it. Yep. And you're fully embracing it. You're eating all of it. And then the question comes, well, there's some things here that, I, that I'm, I'm eating that aren't, um, you know, I'm eating with you that, you know, are kind of odd. Uh, why are we eating oil? <laughs> <laughs> well, you start to examine the it. The it is what we observe collectively. Hmm. You know, it, an objective reality is a, objective reality is it a conglomeration of agreed subjective realities. You have a physical objective reality, which is this is a table. Right, sesun pipe. <laughs> like this is a pipe, this is a table. And then we have abstract realities, and this is where it kind of gets mixed with people when we're talking about the difference between concrete and hypotheticals, which I'll come to that with why trauma therapy is so important with those. Oh, yeah. uh, but we take these uh, concrete objecti- objectivity and we superimpose it both either to gaslight and undermine or to affirm an abstract reality, which it's not an accurate abstract objective reality unless we're in comprehension. Hmm. Right. It, it, it seems like it gets very complicated. It's, it's actually not, very simple. <laughs> well, yeah, you're saying it's not, it's this whole idea of like what could be or what, what might be in this mm-hmm. type of stuff, whatever is imaginary and abstract and mm-hmm. hard to put into a physical, you know, something tangible mm-hmm. is not so intangible when you're kind of communing with a lot of these in, intangible ideas. Yep. When you actually show up to your experience and you actually integrate your whole experience, mm. that it's not just about my feelings, it's not just about my thoughts, it's also about my physical environment. Like if you live in a house with mold in it, you're gonna get mold. Well guess what, there's other symptoms when your body gets mold. You also get depression. You also get angry, <laughs> which affects your environment. That the macro and the micro are intertwined, it, it, absolutely intertwined to where it's like arguable to even know the difference between them. Yes. Basically, yeah. That is a good time to kind of break right into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and this is kind of early on already, and this is basically. The whole discussion topic here today mm-hmm. was hard to put a finger on a title, mm-hmm. mainly because it's, well, let me just say what I'm thinking and we'll kind of, it'll open itself Good up. Good plan. If you think yeah. you're wrong, I'll just tell you. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt So that. we've, I mean, we, I've incorporated this sort of into the mindset of where I was trying to come from with regard to sustainability. Mm-hmm. I've read uh, the book Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Mulkimmer recently. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, we're going to talk about that more later, but like it, it's, there's a lot of different views into sustainability and the idea behind like reciprocity and all these different things. These are different concepts that I've been reading more on that have really made me think about sustainability differently and it's made me look at a lot of the gaps where i i see some gaps in different movements behind sustainability or in environmentalism and different green movements and things like that i think it's hard for folks to get on board with for a variety of reasons and we can get into that but what we're here to talk about today is essentially the idea that there's got to be there is i'm convinced of it i just have a hard time you know 
that's why we're here. We're here to talk about that. Like you put some shape to it. You're outsourcing. There, I'm outsourcing. We're <laughs> yeah. here to talk about the relationship between our bodies and how we create that. That being our kind of both macro and micro. We were talking about a bit earlier. Mm-hmm. That being like our relationship with ourself mm-hmm. is a mirror of how we are going to treat everything outside of that anything else anything else (laughs) yep yep. whether it be a smaller community like a family Mm -hmm. your roommates Mm -hmm. whatever or just a relationship just you and your other person trees or or trees or or salmon yeah exactly so you get what i'm saying and so i i really am convinced that there's this relationship between how we are treating and how we view and value ourselves versus how we view and value the people around us because if we are not in unison Mm -hmm. with what we're sitting within Mm -hmm. (laughs) how in the world do we expect ourselves to get into unison with our communities or with Mm -hmm. the other people that we live around and so Mm -hmm. i want to just kind of open that up and have your help digging that geode open absolutely where do we go what direction do we do we go i mean how do we start with that conversation my tendency is to go in and out depending on where we're at so if we're going to go in a little bit it's you were saying about there's some places that aren't breached well within, you know, great movements, essentially. And a lot of it is a, a lack of self-reflection in regards to grief, uh, but also in regards to uh, self-awareness and self-responsibility. So when I say that, I mean, <laughs> a lot of the times there's a projection. Uh, there's two ways that we can handle emotions that are unconscious that we haven't kind of taken on and been like, this is me having this emotion. Uh, we either project it or repress it. And that comes back to the externalizers, internalizers, that this is, you're the problem versus I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. Finding the balance of like, listen, we're all a part of this. We're all showing up to this somehow. It's just a fact. To just be honest about what's happening. I'm showing up to this. And instead of over-identifying a problem with anybody mm-hmm. and projecting a problem on something or somebody, rather than looking at it as a problem, why don't we look at it as just, this is what's happening right now. Do we like it? No. (laughs) Do we want it? Maybe. Like, to actually show up to the situation and be honest rather than to create defense. We're not allowed to, you know, there's certain places we've said we're not allowed to go. Like, why haven't we explored um, the things that we've decided are a detriment on environmentalism? Mm -hmm. Uh, Why haven't we explored, one, on the inner level, why is this so important to you? Why are you so passionate about it? Where it feels like you have to. Any moment when you feel like you have to, that begs me to question, why isn't it just something you could be doing? Hmm. Why couldn't it shift to, I can? And that, it maybe, maybe here's a good part to kind of put for those listening, like where I'm kind of, where situations, there's many situations that come to mind, but, mm. but a couple that off the top here is like, let's say, for example, a conversation comes up around a trigger issue, which there mm. are many right now. Mm-hmm. And... The thing about environmentalism that is rather interesting right now is that it is now being connected finally. It's been an old connection, but it's finally being put more into the spotlight of the connections that environmentalism has to, say, for example, social issues. Mm-hmm. Social justice and environmental justice is the same thing. Absolutely. Or at least they're, they're, they are coexist, essentially. Yes. Um, and so... <laughs> So we're getting there. We're starting to get close to it. But yeah. when we reach conversations like, let's say, around climate change, there's so many trigger points within that. Absolutely. Depending on your background. And so to get to the point to where we can have those conversations, mm-hmm. we've 
We've got to be like I heard on a podcast recently um, where these a lot of times it's difficult to approach these conversations mm-hmm. around these trigger topics because there's so much emotion surrounding them. Yes. And what we don't understand a lot of the time is that like we're mad at our dad and right. stuff, you know, like. <laughs> well, and that that's like an extra cup of of angst and anger and defensiveness, an extra cup of it. That is absolutely related because it's a part of us and we're here in the situation. But it's not related in the sense that it's not exactly uh, beneficial to the conversation. Yeah. Um, your um, a capacity and capability that you have to eat that cup of grief uh, with your dad is going to build the capacity and capability you have to sit with the grief of environmentalism. And I think your comparison, comparison of social justice and environmental justice being the same thing is also a great way to highlight the difference between um, being an ally versus being somebody who's actively being hurt by it. Mm. That in social justice, for instance, like both of us, we're both white people. <laughs> Let's just be honest. We're both white people. Yes. So we in no way can understand the depth of living in a system, like the depth of pain of living in a system that's built for us mm. versus the system that's not built for somebody who is a person of color. Yes. We cannot understand their pain because we are in a system that is working for us, that yeah. keeps us from pain, that doesn't keep another from pain. Yes. So to become in a social justice situation, it's not about taking on the pain, being like, well, this is my pain, it's my pain, right? It's becoming an ally. It's it's becoming a voice that's saying, I am going to create um, the priority of listening to the symptom which is the thing that's crying out saying that something isn't working. So I suppose what's a good a good way to kind of approach that mm-hmm. is as far as like holding that space there mm-hmm. is we were kind of talking earlier about this. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of steps that lead up to the ability to having that ability to even get it's to huge. that point. I mean yeah. what what we just said, like the ability to like sit and accept and that kind of thing. Yep. It's easy enough to say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll just do that. Yeah. We'll hold a sign up on the street. That's fine. I can do that. Right. Right. Can we... <laughs> I'll just be an ally. I'll like... be an ally. And then <laughs> the difference between holding and creating space versus being the space. Hmm. Um, I think you and I, we listened to the episode. There's an episode about a mystic therapist that talks about this differentiation. So I just want to credit her. I don't remember her name right now. So this isn't an original idea. <laughs> um, but she's like, stop holding space. No one can hold space. Right. Become the space that's needed. Hmm. And I would say the difference between empathy and sympathy is also essential to this. Um, Empathy is giving up your experience to take on another experience versus sympathy is the ability to hold both experiences as true. So it's not that empathy is necessarily needed, it's sympathy. Hmm. Uh, We need the space that says, listen, I understand, like maybe a sympathetic response if you're using the social justice moment is I can only sympathize with your situation live as a person of color living and allowing in that system. to be enough and now i'm gonna I think be that's space. i think that's what she was mentioning because I'm, I'm i'm remembering remembering <laughs> that conversation because she was saying i love how she put it too because she answered she answers into it saying uh pretty i mean i love how fiery she is she's like it's everybody's so talking about holding space we need to be enough with enough of that shit <laughs> like, never, like is this bullshit is this bullshit <laughs> stop fucking saying it like yes. it's just like we need to stop saying holding space holding space holding space yeah. but really rather than like holding space mm-hmm. and in by letting us letting our allowing ourselves to rather become that space yes it's taking an obligation off of ourselves is kind of what i got from that yes. it's like instead of like holding space for everybody what are you gonna yeah. just hold everybody's shit like, yeah. I'm going to tell you what that I, I results in. I love how in. tough she, 
how how strongly she shares that yes. sentiment of like it's stop an important it important distinction to it, me it really it's is it's so important because let me tell you this is part of the momentum my momentum thing is i live my life holding space for people I believe her name's Rachel Fiore. I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Shout by, out to Rachel. By the way, Rachel Fiore. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're incredible. We love you. Um, but I lived my life holding space for people and using empathy, which was I'm going to give up my experience for the sake of your experience. And due to much childhood trauma, this this was just the way that it was with my parents. And so my entire identity, since I was a baby, I held space for other people, which resulted in me when my parents finally went to a counselor and didn't just argue in front of me and me mediating it uh the next week i was wanting to commit suicide not because i was super depressed angry not i think i was actually happy and cheerful uh because i was like awesome my job's done this space has been held i did it i can die now Mm. and um interestingly enough the person that i'm a partner with now so it's been about a decade that person (laughs) was in proximity (laughs) and we barely knew each other at the time but uh, they swooped by and just connected with me and um, brought vulnerability to the table. And I don't exactly remember what they said. They don't remember either. Uh, But I do know it was a moment that goes, actually what's dying is the system that you created to survive. That's what's dying. Mm. You're not dying. You're very much alive. You're fine. You have so much life to live because you haven't lived an ounce of it yet. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But the system that you created to survive is no longer serving you. Now you're serving it. That's when you know it's time to switch it so this is where i would say the fundamentalism with the, the disease of fundamentalism there's a safety to fundamentalism this system i put it in place because it keeps me safe this keeps me safe the disease of fundamentalism is the means to the end become the end so it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy is i need to break someone's leg so that casts make sense <laughs> right <laughs> it's the system the means to the end become the end yeah. so you're making the cast make sense rather than understanding the path to the broken leg in the first place precisely and you're create you have to create demand for casts right yeah. so we're going to make a system that helps people break legs <laughs> so then you realize like we created the cast to help people yeah so the root when we created the system this is a very odd an- analogy i think we're, gonna, we're gonna make it. this it's work like a really independent analogy hold tight folks I like it. Just, hold tight just stay up. with us <laughs> I hope you put your seatbelts on. I, me too. Please keep your hands on. I love this episode so much. So I hope fun. you guys do too. <laughs> um, but we created the cast and we have to go back to the moment that we created the cast for good. We created this system, a way to help people heal. It was actually a, a quote unquote good thing. Mm. But when creating the cast became something that we became dependent on, let's say that we created a cast uh, industry. If people start living in a society where broken legs aren't as common anymore, that's not going to be good for business, Hmm. right? So then we have to make sure that nothing is designed to improve the amount of broken legs there are, right? So that's where we start to take the legs out from under us with certain systems. And I'm saying this on a very big level, but let's get really personal, which is what I'm going to do. I'm always going to take the political and go personal. I know, I'm wondering where you're going. What are the systems that we create in ourselves that take our that pull the rug out from under us oh yeah what are the maladies that we create in ourselves that we believe that if i wasn't sick i wouldn't get the attention that i need if i you know uh, some people call it weaponized incompetence Uh, this is another example of it that i'm incompetent but i'm not going to put the work in to become competent because i get to rely on you in my incompetence absolutely right so it's another example of this i know you'll handle it if i come if i fall short so i'm just going to go with that because it works so i'm going to keep making plastic because people are going to keep 
finding ways to recycle the plastic, so I'll just keep making plastic. Yeah, it works fine. I mean... Right? Yeah. And no one's really thinking about landfills. No one's really thinking about it because we've taken it out of proximity so that we're not looking at it every day. And that's how... What kind of things in our life have we taken out of proximity? What kind of triggers have we taken out of our proximity? Gosh, I just don't really like people who talk about themselves all the time. So I'm just going to not hang out with people talk about themselves all the time. <laughs> well, you've lost an entire opportunity to learn something about yourself. Yes. Because chances are the reason you don't like it is because it's something you don't like about yourself. Absolutely. So you've removed it. you created proximity to it. It still exists. Landfills. We've, we've put them into a space and we cover them up so we don't have to look at it. We don't have to look it's at it. It's still happening. It's still right there. There's still people who talk about themselves. There's still broken legs. There's landfills, right? And I, I love thinking of landfills when I'm when I'm trying to like understand different contexts behind. Mm -hmm. So I I have recently I've gone through and am going through because I don't think it ever really ends. But yeah, but you know a lot happened to me in in, in five years or something like that. And also in your my, whole life. And, and Which my I can whole, say with authority. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you've been well, it. yes, because you know. Yes, yeah. exactly. So the and. It, I mean, yes. <laughs> so contextually, yes. yes. Yeah. In in like a five year span, there yeah. was there was condensed quite a bit that brought the rest of that stuff yep. to a head. Essentially, is probably yeah. a better way to put that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you for that reminder. So essentially, the reason I brought that up is because I have been going through quite a bit of grief work, shadow mm -hmm. work. Some people call it. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I call it separated self work. Separated self because work. Because the shadow work is, we know the shadow's there. We're mm -hmm. actively using a lot of our time to, we, we know that there's something about ourselves we don't like, and that if we presented it, people wouldn't like us. Mm. What are the parts of ourselves that we've completely cut off that we're saying isn't even a part of me? That's the danger. Mm -hmm. Because we at least admit that the shadow is a part of us, right? We at least admit that, you know, you have the decision to throw... I'm going to use an environmental example. Or, this is me being very not, like, first in environmentalism, so you're going to see how <laughs> ridiculous this is. Um, it's like, I could have a recycle bin at my house, right? Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm, but I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> right? Like, that's a shadow self. That's something in you that you're like, you know what, I admit, I don't have a recycle bin. I could, bin but I won't. The separated self is the part of you that, that doesn't have, and I don't think that we actually have... The, the individual capability of holding the weight of sustainability. You know, personal. yes. And I'm glad you actually interjected that yeah. because that helps my point make more sense actually before uh -huh. I've even said it. <laughs> You're welcome. Because the thing about, I was going to compare landfills to like the pain that you are that you're trying to avoid with grief mm -hmm. but the way you just put that actually makes a ton more sense. It's not yeah. just, hey, it's just ugly. I just don't want to look at it. It's, it's so much yeah. of a window into the real issues, into the yeah. actual shit that's going on in society and between yeah. people and, and that it's not stickier just stuff. Yours. It's not yes. just yours. It's not about the landfill so much anymore. It's yeah. about social justice. Yeah. It's about all the issues in between that. And yourself, your inner work, your personal... Exactly. Your ability to go, what is mine, what is not mine? Because the social right. justice issues, I would argue, mm -hmm. bring you to the self. It's like, oh. these wouldn't be so much an issue if... Well, and I'm saying this boldly, but yes. a lot of this stuff yep. would not be the case if we could identify what it is yep. that motivates us to behave in these <laughs> Let's in be honest ways. that all of us have inherent racism because we were raised in an inherently racist system. Yes. <laughs> can, I, can I eat that? Because I don't like it. I've decided I don't like it. I don't want to be racist. But can I eat the parts 
Can I, I always say eating for some reason with, when it comes to grief or mm. with things that are undesirable because it's a great Taking it in, I like, suppose. I welcoming it into your space. Ingesting, digesting, and transforming is the process that I work with in trauma oh, therapy. Yeah. Is you have something in front of you, you get to the place where you can really see it in front of you. And then you ask, can we hold this? And the idea is, can we ingest it? Can we, can we let it be a part of our experience? Because the reason it's trauma is that there was a moment when it was too big to ingest. Mm. Um, that's why it's a landfill. The landfill in in my work, the way I define landfill is like it's not just you. It's uh, transgenerational. Hmm. It's epigenetics. It's uh, environment, social environment, religious, yeah, spiritual environment, um, physical environment. All of these aspects contribute to you, mm-hmm. right? You are so complex. But just because those things have inf- influenced you, you are not fully responsible for them. In that, the word responsible does not just mean duty. It's your ability to respond. And when you were a kid, your ability to respond, and this we can get into so many things, but your brain does not have a prefrontal cortex. <laughs> like yes. We, when, you're... We're, when you're a kid, you cannot handle a hypothetical construct in a concrete brain. And so when you have all these constructs around you, they're not your responsibility because you don't have the ability to respond to them. You only have the ability to react to them. So when you react to these systems, and then that is foundational because it's not logical. It's completely experiential. You create the system and then you just ride that system out for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not going to work because every aspect of those things through your life are going to change. Your environment's going to change because you're going to move out of your parents' house. Your mentality's going to change because, well, you move out of your parents' house. (laughs) You know, with transitions, and that's why transitions are so important to like what we've lost with rituals with you know all of these really old ancient things is we've lost the ability to orient around something that's changing Mm -hmm. hey we used to do it this way we're going to do it another way Uh, you used to be 10 now you're going to be 11 birthdays right Mm -hmm. we acknowledge the orientation your birthday's in three days you're oriented you're oriented the transition there's the cake the ritual, the, the the eating of it is you blow out the candles, now you're 11. Mm-hmm. Right? We have the transition. An event to signify. Yeah. We let go of 10. We're welcoming 11. Right? When we don't do that with these areas of our life, when we don't allow them to transition, I moved out of my parents' house, which means that I no longer have a reactionary, obligatory a need to hold on to the systems that I've been given. I can. They keep me safe. They've kept me safe to this point. Hmm. In, in a way, I'm still alive, right? Mm-hmm. But I, 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 if I don't acknowledge the transition, if I don't allow that, like, it used to be like this, now it could be whatever I want. That's terrifying. I think we should just be honest that absolutely opportunity and potential and change is actually terrifying. We all think we want yes. it, but it's terrifying. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm so glad you said that out loud because mm-hmm. I think that's an important thing to just, to really, like, just, mm-hmm. just acknowledge. Not necessarily yes. to, like, stop us, but, like, just, yes... Change is scary to yeah. like a lot of freaking people, and, and this when is you a have com- childhood trauma. It's not just scary; it is fundamentally it's a trigger. triggeringly <laughs> yes. terrifying. So let's just kind of contextualize where we've come from, mm-hmm. where we've gone, where mm-hmm. we're at now in this conversation. So mm-hmm. we we have started with we're talking about okay. There's some <laughs> kind of relationship between how we treat our bodies and how we treat ourselves and our souls and our inner work and all this stuff there's some mm-hmm. relationship with that and how we mm-hmm. accept ourselves as wholeness and oneness and all this type of stuff and oh, there yeah. are many conversations there's many podcasts that i listen to about these things oh, as, they're as already talking too. about it oh yeah they're already talking about it we don't have to go and break apart all that stuff but we do know that there's a relationship between that and how we treat our communities and mm-hmm. and world and animals and you know land around us. There's and a stuff relationship like that. between I, you, we, it, and its. Yes. And they're integral to each other. 
I can't have it's without me. I can't have it's without we. I can't have it's without you. I can't have it's without it. <laughs> I can't have this big, huge ego structure yes. of, of all of it, of, of this cosmic-centric everything, stars mm. and everything. You can get as big as you want. None of that matters if I don't have me. Mm-hmm. None of that matters if I don't have you. None of that matters if I don't have we. So it's all completely relational. And then we're talking about how we're using all of that relational, those relational aspects to say, okay, <laughs> a lot of these issues that we're seeing mm-hmm. in come out in environmental social justice ways mm-hmm. are oftentimes a mirror into what is going on it's on the inside of us. It's a great opportunity. It's actually the best opportunity to have it. Um, it. It's either you do something as a mirror or you shatter the mirror. Yeah. And those are the two choices that ultimately it comes down to. Would you say that we're kind of like unconsciously putting ourselves in those pieces where they're supposed to go even like in the pattern even though that's what we're tr- we don't want to be in the pattern but we're just kind of putting ourselves in the pattern yeah i think even to be honest like we actually want to be in the pattern that <laughs> 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 we actually want this i think that if we can get honest and say um that we actually do want this and that there's a when we start to notice that we're not liking it that there's a dissonance within ourselves to go back to those parts of ourselves that want this and to allow the orientation and transition and integration to occur. Mm. There was a time when we created the system, we made casts because there's broken legs. Let's go back to that moment and say thank you. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank you for making casts. Because what I'm not saying now is casts are wrong, casts are bad, casts are anything. It's that now the system that we created to serve us, we're now serving. That's for me in my life when I have anything on any level. I'm like something that is meant to serve me. Which it not only serves me, because it's me, we, it, no, it serves everything. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to serve us in our relational, communal, social, literal, physical, whatever way that you prioritize it. It's meant to serve me. If all those things start to serve this one thing, it's no longer serving its purpose. Hmm. Its purpose is serving it. Right? Mm-hmm. And so to go back to those moments and go, yeah, we made casts. Thank you for making casts. What changed between when we started making casts and now? And how can we use that to adapt our cast industry? Yes. Right? So interesting we use the word cast because there's also cast structures. Well, it's, it's, it's yeah, well, that's true. But. Well, you're kind of, you're, you're pointing a light. Mm-hmm. If I, I'm just making sure I understand it correctly. Mm-hmm. So it, correct me if I'm wrong here. Mm-hmm. But I think what you're doing is you're pointing a light into like, am, is the system using me or am I using the system? Yep. Yep. And there's some people who've learned how to use the system that helps them get money, which helps them, you know, assuage the feeling in their body of, oh, I really wanted mom to see me, but money works, (laughs) you know, (laughs) to assuage those feelings of whatever it is. I I genuinely, one one thing, like one of the rules in my life is I don't believe anyone is acting consciously maliciously. Mm. Um, I, I truly don't believe that. I think that we're all trying to stay safe and happy and well. And doing our ways of doing that. And there's some ways that, you know, we can look at and go, well, this is really whack. <laughs> that doesn't seem like it makes sense. Um, but if we, we follow, Hillary McBride is a, a therapist I really enjoy, but uh, hmm. she said this, if we follow a monster to its cave, we're going to understand the monster and see that it's actually not a monster. Right? If we actually go all the way back, if we go all the way back to where did this begin? We call it a monster now. Right? Because it's out of its context. Mm. But we put it in its context, it's going to make complete sense. That's why I say what I do is let's talk about what we're actually talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, let's look at the things that make us uncomfortable and acknowledge that, like, wow, this makes you uncomfortable. Uh, why? Instead of, it makes me uncomfortable, get it out. 
Yeah. <laughs> Cut it out. It makes me uncomfortable that people are using so much oil to drive stupid cars when you can just have tra- public transportation. All right. What if there's areas in your life where you're doing that kind of thing? And it's not to say that those things aren't important. Like, public tra- that's a whole subject. You know you know, we could go off on that. But what oh, I'm yeah, trying to yeah. inroad here is this is why the inner work is important. Is that if you don't take responsibility for the fact that the reason you're so passionate about it that you have to. And you're creating disconnection. You're shoving people out. You're, you're create. This is your purpose. This is everything yeah. you are, right? And the purpose starts to, to serve the, the structure. Yes. Um, <laughs> you see how it's like, well, okay, wait a second. Why is this so important to you? Is there a chance that maybe the content is different, but the mechanism of it is that I need this to stay safe. Mm. Where did you feel unsafe? When did you feel unsafe? When did you ever feel unsafe? Let's talk about those moments. So we can get an accurate reading on what on how this is making you unsafe. Because it may be true that the thing that you're worried about is making you unsafe. But that's not an accurate reading if you don't also know the places in you that were deeply unsafe in times way back when, when you were a subject to structures that you didn't consent to, (laughs) particularly, right? That you're just carrying on because you've just never thought of it. Yeah. Right? And you've never stepped in and sat with yourself and you're like, well, why do I think this? Why do I think cars are bad? You know, um, then you get an accurate reading. Oh, cars are bad because of this. Why do I think things have to be bad for them to change? Hmm. Hmm, why do I have to antagonize things before I can change? This you know, connects kind of to that, which <laughs> means that I don't have to hold this against the people that don't understand what I'm trying to exactly. put across. If I think that I need to save the world from the dolphins dying, <sighs> mm-hmm. because this has become my purpose, if I can mm-hmm. figure out what is connected to that mm-hmm. from whenever, however... Then I can just be honest about it. Yeah, it's then not you that can it has to go away. To yourself. If you integrate it, right? You actually are honest. You actually say... Hey guys, instead of it being like, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. You get to show up and be an actual ally, which is, I don't want this. This is really sad. This is really hard. This reminds me of the time when um, my brother died. Hmm. So that's why it's a big deal to me. That's why we want to know people's momentums and people's stories. Why is this important to you? Because then maybe I can find out why it's important to me, Hmm. right? So that we can connect because you have to have the I for the we, for the it, for the it's. You have to have yourself to show up to this conversation. Yes. And the, the quote-unquote shadow side of that is we don't want to show up to the conversation because we don't want to take on responsibility. And that's actually okay because we can't. We cannot take all of this. We cannot respond to all of it unless we are all responding to it. Because mm. it's, it's a we situation. So we have to show up to it accurately. If I'm trying to eat the grief of the earth mm. just by myself, I will die. Yes. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. And that's not to inflate the issue to be like, come on, everybody, let's go, let's go. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's to be honest. I can't do this by myself. Mm-hmm. I can't just be the only one of my friends who's not going to use, you know, X. Or I can't I can't be the only person in my right because it's taking more energy for me to do this alone mm-hmm. than it would be for me to just play in a system. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's why stepping into this work and being honest with our life of like, yeah, where are the moments that I felt like I couldn't eat because I couldn't, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, there's two things that I've been most compl- complimented on is the things that I say the most. Uh, one is, it's okay. <laughs> just say, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, the other one is, of course. Oh, of course yeah. this is happening. I've heard you say both of those so many times. Multiple times. If yes. I had a t-shirt, the front would say, it's okay, and the back would say, the of course, and too. then I would just sit with my clients <laughs> and then do this. Or this. Just like just this front or back. And just this front or back because that, that's going to be my response. That is really the perfect. <laughs> right? 
two things. I would My love to see that shirt happen. Is this? Yeah. Well, because that's ultimately what we need. Yeah. Of course you're scared. Of course you are, because we followed it back to its cave. Mm-hmm. You know. Of course you needed a cast. Your leg was broken. Yeah. Of course. Of course we needed a cast. Of course we needed a car. Of course we, you know, all these things that we antagonize to go back to that moment and go, of course. existence <laughs> let's lead from that <laughs> right to like we're just saying oh right you exist that's 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 perfect <laughs> let's that's, that's it yeah let's use that to kind of wrap up what we can anyway because this this discussion I, I knew full well we both knew it's, full well yeah. entering into this it's a conversation it's it, not a conversation <laughs> yes um when when i had invari- invited mari to come and talk there was, we both knew there was absolutely no way that this absolutely was going to... Absolutely not. I think that's why it's taken so long, actually. It's because we're like, we can't sit here for five hours. No, this isn't yeah. one of those podcasts. Yep. Like, what is this, hardcore history? Uh, could be. I'm just <laughs> it saying. could be. That, those, yeah, that would be pretty amazing to do. Oh. But the, the, where I kind of want to go with this anyway is, yeah. is I want to kind of explore one last, and this is more a playful thought. Mm-hmm. Throughout the season, I'm kind of playing with this idea of... Uh, I mentioned Robin Wall Kimmerer and the book Braiding Sweetgrass earlier. Mm-hmm. And for those who have not read this book, there's no homework required. You do not need to know anything about this book in mm-hmm. order to read it. Have you read it? The, the, I forget if you've read it or not. I haven't read it, no. But okay. I've heard you talk about it, so... I know, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. me and a couple of people uh, have talked about it, I know, around you. Mm-hmm. But in the book... Now, she talks about all kinds of really wonderful things... And she, by the way, the audiobook is great. She's actually reading it. Highly recommended. I love it when authors read their books. Super, super good. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's wonderful storytelling the whole way through. And and so, but she she plays with this idea of, hey, what would it look like to kind of incorporate, you know, different beings, the trees, the animals, the leaves, the, mm-hmm. the bushes, the, you know, the, the lawns of the world, yeah. like <laughs> into the community itself. Mm. Not so much as like, hey, you know, these are beings that pay taxes and, and are included in our community in that sort of way. Yep. Yep. But what kind of consideration and respect, mutual respect, again, the topic of reciprocity, what kind of respect are we giving these these beings mm. that exist in our shared world? And so mm-hmm. what we're talking about today is a really interesting connection to this question, I think. Totally. Because we're talking about this like self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting thing. So, yeah, yeah, because her question is kind of, what would that look like to live in a society like that? Which is, a, yeah. I think, a great way to approach that question. Yeah, to play with it. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do you think that would look like? What do you think about that? 
I mean, that's part of the stepping into yourself is like once you're able to respect your experience, you start to notice that others are having just as much experience as you. And so I think of, for instance, this is how I think of it. Um, I think of the things that you mentioned, you know, nature, trees, all of that as someone that I'm having a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And if I was having a relationship with somebody and let's say that we wanted to have an intimate sexual encounter that involves communication, that involves respect, and that involves the orientation and the transition and integration. So I think that the way it would look like is that we'd have a lot more pauses before we do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we would look for consent rather than violence, which I define as imposing one agendas on another without consent, right? That's so interesting you bring up that topic of consent because she, mm-hmm. especially having not read the book, because she, yeah. she really does, Kimmerer brings up the, the she tells many stories, for mm-hmm. example, just to kind of uh, strengthen your point, yeah. is that she, she brings up many examples of how, in her experience, learning around, being around many Native peoples and stuff growing up, mm-hmm. she would she was very in tune with the idea of asking permission before you would harvest like an elderberry bush absolutely and and greeting it as if it had a soul mm-hmm. really interesting separation huge separation from westernized mindsets is yeah. they're much younger mindsets is something to consider absolutely and so I just think that concept of consent you just mentioned is really interesting when you're tying it into what exactly what she's talking about. It absolutely, absolutely is correct. Because yeah. there is an exchange of energy. You cannot live in this world without there being an exchange of energy. So why can't it be an exchange rather than a rape? <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Why can't it actually be a symbiotic relationship? Um, and that's why what I do or why I think what I do is important on the subject is because you can't respect something else until you respect yourself. You can you can fake it. You can pretend. It, you can go through the motions. You absolutely can go through the motions, but you're not having actual relationship. You know, you can ask the elder brother various for permission, but until you've experienced somebody asking you permission and feeling the power of being able to say no and knowing it's going to be respected if you say no, hmm. are you really going to listen to the no of the elderberry? Because as far as you know, you're just conducting the ritual. I'm and asking permission. doesn't matter what you say. I'm asking permission so I can take you. Are you even going to give it a voice? Absolutely. You know? And in order to trust that other things have voices, you have to know that you have a voice. You have to be self-aware of it. Oh, just there it be is. honest that you exist and be honest about it and that you existing sometimes sucks, not just for you, but for things around you. <laughs> and that yeah. when you're a baby and you and the world is about you, I mean, that's how I think about especially America, we're such a young country. Developmentally, we're still in a very uh, narcissistic stage. Hmm. We're still in a stage where everything is about me. It is about serving me. Um, The elderberry is here to serve me. Because when you're a baby, that's all you can conceive of. And it's what you need to survive. That's why bringing it to its context. When did the system start? Do we want to keep doing that? Mm -hmm. Are we still a baby? (laughs) It's true because I think... In a lot of self-development work, you mm-hmm. run into the concept of, I'm, I'm astonished throughout this whole conversation, even though we already knew we were going to have this conversation, oh, by the way. I'm astonished how many connections <laughs> that are being made here between the world of sustainable living mm-hmm. and community sustainable, communal yes. sustainable living yes. and the idea of inner work. Yep. Because this topic is like you, you were saying how you have to 
acknowledge how sometimes as a kid you you need Mm -hmm. these things the way they are until you don't and then when you're working with like understanding your body Mm -hmm. and the signaling that it's giving you if you're in an uncomfortable situation a lot of inner work will tell you that you can be just fine in any uncomfortable situation as long as you understand what your body's telling you and all this Mm -hmm. stuff so it's about a communication between you and your body and saying hey I'm feeling senses of like anxiety and and short breathness and stuff like short breathness. Or I'm feeling extremely aroused. Or or extremely hungry. Whatever it might be in that situation, exactly. Mm -hmm. You're able to then communicate to your body through lots of work. Totally. This doesn't just happen. But through work, you can have that inner conversation and going like, you know, thank you for protecting me all of these years. I understand what you're telling me. Yes. You're telling me I'm hungry and you're making it a big deal because I don't generally listen to you. Right. And so you're having to scream. <laughs> so now I can adapt and overcome that yeah. because in that in the situation because I understand mm-hmm. that what I'm what my body is signaling to me might not necessarily reflect the situation I'm exactly. in. It's but it takes work to get to that point. And I, I just love that you're pointing this out. And it oh, is a huge yeah. connection to environmentalism. It's a lifestyle way of looking at things. Because even you yes. say overcoming, I would say actually integrating. It's not overcoming this love thing, true. it's actually integrating and getting it to an accurate it's like setting the settings on your monitor. It's making sure there's not feedback. You're getting it to the spot like what's the sound that's happening now? Because when you're a baby, raging hunger is the only thing you're feeling. Because you mm. don't have a prefrontal cortex, you don't understand time. All you know is I'm hungry and if I don't eat, I'm not I'm gonna die. Um when you have a prefrontal cortex, <laughs> you're able to go, oh, we're hungry. You know, guys, I think we should maybe look into doing lunch sometime soon. What do we think about like 1230? You know, we have the prefrontal cortex to, to set up these stories to go, I have a need. I know I can meet it. Okay, so you don't need to be so loud, but I do hear you. And we actually follow through on hearing it instead of just, I hear you, go away. Hmm. I hear you. Let's integrate that. Um, it also reminds me that I think that calling the earth, and this is probably really controversial, uh, and I'm doing it at the end of the podcast so that we don't get into an argument. You're on the right show. <laughs> I know, That's right? fine. <laughs> uh, is I think that calling the earth and the planet Mother Earth has actually been part of why so much damage is being done. Mm. Uh, the earth is our partner. It is not our mother. Because mother is something we rape and pillage. Think of a baby. We take everything from her and leave nothing. Because we can't give anything back. A baby can't give anything back. And that's why it's such a sacred relationship. Interesting. So you're, right? you're saying the notion you're presenting is where is the room for reciprocity in a mother and child relationship? There isn't. It's actually isn't. really inappropriate for oh, there to be reciprocity. With oh, that's really it's good. so inappropriate. I love right? that you're bringing this up. Because if we have this mentality, look at the relationships we have. And this is why it all connects. Is that's that our relationship with our moms is if she's like, well, you you know, I birthed you. And she uses that for well, If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be alive. Mm. Right? It's a, just an abusive relationship. Because guess what? When you're born, you can't give anything. It's actually really inappropriate. Um, wow. Right? So <laughs> shifting that to when we shift the conversation from, yeah, of course, if it's our mother, we're not going to touch her breasts. Like, she's our mom. Oh, my <laughs> God. Do you think I have an edit this conference Are we, like we team anti-Mother Earth? Honestly, kind of. Oh, shit. <laughs> but it's not team anti. It's integrating it. Yes. It's not getting rid of it. It's there was a time when we lived here. Well, and it's true. So, and I, and I, that's, that's absolutely true. You've, you've corrected me twice now. And I think that's, and I really appreciate you doing that because that, that is a third way of thinking. It's not the, it's not the one way or the other. It's integrating it into, it's both of those things Mm -hmm. and the other. And I really love that. We can't deny that it happened. We can't deny that we have landfills. 
Because the way we've been trying to approach all these situations, landfills both literal and, you know, personal landfills of all Mm -hmm. the childhood trauma and stuff, for us to separate and say, well, that didn't happen, that didn't happen, right? No, it happened. Hmm. Here we are. This is what we have. The the ability to pause and sit exactly where we are and to get really honest, like actually really want to be here. Then when we are there, fully fulfilled because we got everything we wanted, right? Mm-hmm. We got everything I wanted. I, I, my stomach was screaming really loud and I ate food, mm-hmm. right? I, I, needed, I needed a mother for a time. I needed planet to be mother for a time. Thank you. I've grown up now in the relationship, the transition occurs where now you're my partner. Or maybe if we're in America, it's like maybe you're my first childhood friend and I sometimes, you know, take your toy and then you get angry and we're not sure how to do it because we're not sure how it works yet. You know, maybe that's where America is in this developmentally with the earth. Mm. But I think that there's some spaces like Switzerland who's been with it for a long time who understands it's a really erotic relationship. It's a, it's a partnership. It's this, it's this really beautiful, enjoyable experience to live sustainably. And what you're touching on, too, is the difficulty that we're running into behind language and being really Mm. limited with (laughs) being able to describe this stuff. You would actually be a really fun person to talk to about that sometime. That would be really fun. It's one of my Um, favorite subjects. I know. I love talking about how none of us are actually speaking the same language. We're really limited to the language of of this. And uh, that's a really fun conversation. That's a whole different thing. But yeah, I'll leave you with the the mic drop of... What, what if this is important? Why childhood trauma is important? Yes. And not just childhood trauma, but micro traumas. Just this whole conversation of where why my business exists. Why is that essential for the work of having a more, a better relationship with earth and with each other? And social justice, environmental justice, all of these things. Why your inner work is essential to it, right? Is because it acknowledges these transitions, acknowledges these shifts, and it integrates them. Mm-hmm. We used to be best friends now we're getting married. <laughs> you used to be mom and now we're partners. Um, I used to believe this and it served me really well and now I believe this. It's okay for things to shift and change. We've shifted and changed our entire life. I guarantee you if I asked you if there's three things that you thought fervently, even last year, that you're like, this is true, that chances are you don't believe in this fervently anymore. Absolutely it's true. It's naturally happening. Yep. This isn't something we're forcing on ourselves. In fact, I, I sometimes say that the biggest step is just being aware of something. The, the, when people talk about work and self-work, I'm like, it's not really work. It's just becoming aware of opening to it because there's things that we resist that we don't want to talk about the landfill because we feel like we can't eat it, mm-hmm. right? It's too much to eat. But when we can get honest with it and open to it and go, wait a second, you know why it's a landfill? It's because a bunch of my dad's shit is in there too. And also, we had a pastor. He had some stuff going on. Also, my aunt's like, I don't know how she got in there. <laughs> you start to notice that in context, you yeah. make complete sense. And it's okay. Mm. It's okay. It's not bad. It's not something to get rid of. It's something to be with and be like, wow. Yeah. Of course this is important to me. Like, uh, uh, why would I, like, for instance, for me, why would I pick to sit with people and talk about, like, I sometimes joke and say that people pay me to make them cry, essentially. <laughs> like, why would I choose? Someone came up and said, would you like a job where people pay you to make them cry? You're like, no. No. <laughs> Not at all, right? So why would I pick such a sadistic, like, career, essentially, (laughs) right? And of course I did, because look at my context, right? And if you knew, and you you know some of my story, but, like, once you understand my context and you understand the things that, you know, you go back to my cave, you see I'm not a monster. I'm not Mm. here to make people cry by hurting them. The way I make people cry is to get honest. I'm like, hey, how did it really feel when your mom left, right? How did it really feel... When, you know, because in the moment to acknowledge, of course, you, of course, you're having to feel it now. 
Your brain couldn't feel it then. Hmm. So now we're going to feel it now. And then we're going to get an accurate reading on what our body is telling us, having been informed by that experience, not excluding it, that now we have a, a, a more detailed gauge in our body. The more that we integrate our experience, we're actually very skillful mm-hmm. um, engaging these conversations with people. And we're having maybe a conversation about environmentalism and it you know gets triggery because you've got language and you've got all these things. But the more you can get really honest and be like, actually, you know that that word doesn't mean that for me. What, what does it mean to you? And you start talking about where you disagree. Mm. That's actually where you connect the most. It's true. Right? The, you oh, end up agreeing on quite a bit more than you think. Yeah, the, the, the amount of agreement that actually occurs. Yeah. Oh, right? when you're saying this, you mean that. But when I say the same word, I mean this. Whoa. And Whoa. What that, that word is so dexterous that it can carry both those meanings. Wow. What? You mean it can mean both? Absolutely. Oh, so crazy. Yeah. And so one another rule I go by is assumption kills relationship. Yes. So you walk into a conversation and it's not that assuming is bad or wrong or don't assume. It's just every time you realize you've made an assumption, go, uh, I actually, I assumed that because you're a Christian, you think the exact same things that I do. Let's talk about what these words mean to us. And you actually build connection. Right. Right. Versus you walk in, oh, you're a Christian. Awesome. And then there's assumed relationship, which is not authentic relationship. And then you start getting into triggered spaces and... The potential to use that as a mirror is there, but mm. we tend to not do that. Our attitude tends to be you make so it So even in similar groups, we put ourselves into boxes. Easily. Because oh we're like, oh, you care about the planet? I care about the planet. You must be awesome. on team me. You're on team me. You <laughs> want to keep me safe because my mom didn't. Oh, <laughs> right? These are the kinds of assumptions that we create. This is one of my favorite conversations I've ever had. <laughs> well, because it's, it's the I kind of things this. that happen when we don't, we don't sit with ourselves and community yes. is essential. You can't do this alone. Yes. You've got to have either a therapist or... Because you cannot self-regulate until you co-regulate. Well, because think about right? that. I mean, we're talking about like, oh, you know, there's so many... And I'm gonna, we're going to have a whole episode associated with oh. specifically on environmentalism this season. But yes. the, the thing about that goes around, and I won't open up the conversation just mm-hmm. to help us close out, mm-hmm. is just that, that part of what you're touching on is that the trouble that environmentalism tends to have is saying that you should care about this more than you do. <laughs> yeah. But what we're telling them is like, how are they supposed to care about something more than they do when they can't care about themselves more about they do, like more than they yes, do? Exactly. They, they have to get to that point first. Yep. That's the whole, yep. how, how, how do we expect? And, the, and I don't think it's fair. Mm-hmm. I would even go so, to, so far as to say, mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to claim that those people should care more than they do because mm-hmm. there's the should word. You mm-hmm. should do something that I expect you to do because I assume that I know your situation enough to yes. assume that you're capable of doing this. And I would <laughs> I would go even a step further than that and say that is a form of violence. Yes. You should care about this more. Yeah. I am going to impose my agenda on you without consent. Yeah, that's psychological. It's it's, da- it's down that deep to like, well, remember the times that your consent was not respected. Mm-hmm. Why can you not respect that this person may be an intricate piece of the puzzle to what you care about that you don't even realize? Because you haven't even taken the time to acknowledge what do you care about? Yeah. You know, you haven't stopped. Like for me, it's like, how does my work as a, a trauma life coach and, and therapist and consultant, whatever you want to call me, a mystical therapist. I love mystical you know, therapist. When they called her that, I was like, that I can get with that. Yeah, I dig that title. <laughs> you know, well, you know what? You should just quit your job and you should start working in environmentalism because that's what we need. Hmm. How does what you do connect with what I do? Because it does. It's just, it's already happening. 
You know, yeah. instead of us uh, thinking that it all needs to be the way that we are, how does what we do connect to everything and how does what you do connect to everything? And once we open up the conversation, what is actually happening rather than what should be happening, mm-hmm. that's where creativity can happen. Because it's not defensive. It's, we can actually talk, yeah, when I talk to people about how they felt when they were a kid and their friends didn't invite them to their birthday party, I'm also helping them become sensitive enough to have a conversation with you, mm. but also feel confident enough in that sensitivity that they can hold that space with you and actually be in the conversation without having to tap out immediately because they feel unsafe mm. or they feel unincluded, right? To create resilience in ourselves so we can have hard conversations like, okay, here's the deal. We all like this because it's been very convenient. We need to reevaluate our relationship with it because of this. You know, to, in order to have those kinds of conversations, there's maturity. And I would say maturity is really just resilience. Hmm. The ability to have a conversation. And if we have all these triggers happening and these minefields happening, how can we get five steps into a conversation without, and if we really know how to have a conversation, without talking about what happened when we were kids? Yeah, how do you skip over that? You, you can't. You can't, because we've tried it a lot, is what we're talking we're about. We're all trying to do it constantly, and I finally <laughs> decided to, to stop. I was like, what if we just let the conversation go yes. to there? Because that's actually the conversation we're Absolutely. having. Absolutely. Let's just really talk about what we're actually talking about. Surrender to Surrender. what is. Mm-hmm. You're not creating more stuff to feel bad about. You're just mm-hmm. acknowledging what's already there. What's already happening. <laughs> that's Okay, here's another. This is my last little paradigm shift I'll give you, is... Uh, the prophets of the Old Testament, and of course I'm using this technology because I was raised with it, but yeah. anybody who thinks of a prophet as someone who's foretelling the future, mm-hmm. right? It's inaccurate. Anywhere, prophets are telling you what is happening right now. What They're is? They're just talking about what is. Yeah. And they, some of them make speculations. If we carry on this way, this is probably going to happen based mm-hmm. on, you know, experience before. Right. We've, we've done this before, people. We know what's going to happen. But all of them are just talking about what is happening right now. And so that's what I like to say because I've had a few things spoken over me. One of them is prophet, where I'm like, we're just talking about what's right now. We're not, we're not creating solutions. We're not saying, okay, then we should change it like this. We're just telling about this dissonance that we're feeling right now. It doesn't feel good to me that when I eat a candy bar, I lay in bed at night over the guilt of the wrapper that I <laughs> that I didn't put into circulation. Yeah. By the way, I think I did because there's a lot of guilt tripping happening with like every time that you do a thing. Well, no, someone else put that wrapper into circulation. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> but if we keep getting either externalizing or internalizing, it's keeping us from the third way of it's both. It's mm-hmm. both and. How can we come together and create a we space that values a different it? Mm-hmm. Right. And integrates the it we've had. Thank you. You served us. We're here. We're you've served us enough that we're here to have this new conversation, right? As much as we hate it, as much hurt as it's caused, and I can't sit with the hurt that it's caused because there's so much. Um, just be honest. Yeah. And talk about what's actually happening. <laughs> so. Be real and be here. Let's just be here. It's almost like people have been saying it for years, like be here now or something. It's almost know. like, huh. <laughs> It's almost like it's a deep thing. Did someone say that once? Be I think here somewhere now. Like thousands of years ago and then God. another hundred years ago. And then yeah, we, sounds pretty smart. I don't know. We could try it. It's too hard. <laughs> so if I was here now, I'd have to feel how badly I felt with the times that I couldn't feel. <laughs> and that's why it's hard sometimes. Yeah. And why having community and having a sacred space for yourself. Sacred space doesn't mean it's a temple. It's like your room can be a sacred space. It's a space purposed. So what's next for you in the world? Well, it's doing this. <laughs> it's, I realize it's time to t- start talking. Like I've been doing this work for like over a decade now, and 
it's time to start interacting with people and sharing like, hey, what you do is important and what I do is important and just talking about it. Um, I started my business finally, uh, Integrate to Thrive. Integrate, Integrate to, thrive. to Thrive. Yep. I'll say it louder for you. I Integrate think, yeah. to Thrive. Boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, Don't get me to do your commercials. I, I thought about it for a second because it was such music, so watch out. No, um, because I think that at the root is the motto that in order to thrive, we have to integrate. I agree. Um, Darwin said it too. It's not the strongest that survive. It's the ones that can adapt. I would say it's not just adapting. It's integrating, right? It's yes and. So yes integrate to thrive.com. You can find me. I'm not doing much on it yet, but I'm going to start podcasting and, and putting together materials. And if people want to start having these conversations of what's actually happening, all my contacts and contact info is on there. So reach out let's talk about it i'm here to talk about what's actually happening so if you're down for it let's do it yes and it's probably gonna be uncomfy because i'm probably gonna bring up your dead mother at some point (laughs) here we are that's that's okay because listen i mean this is the the reason that we're talking about this stuff integration and all this stuff is Mm -hmm. and this is why i love your title the title of your business so much Mm -hmm. integrate to thrive because We're here not just to freaking survive. Yep. Like I don't want to just nine to five it and then get my two days and then be dead one day. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want that. Nobody freaking wants that Although consciously anyway. Us, yeah, exactly. I was going to say consciously because there's a part of us that does because it keeps us safe. It's safe and everything and it's a nice little bubble and yeah. it's scary outside of the bubble and everything. But look. But can we believe that we're enough? That safety isn't the highest priority. Yes. Right. And that we're enough to even be unsafe or even be unsafe and take ourselves out of safety. Right. Like we can take ourselves out of our bubble and still be okay. Like, is that possible? Could we? Can we? I know I can. I've done it a ton and it's so much fun. (laughs) So give Mari a look up and a call. Do it. So that you guys can have those conversations because... It's this so is fun. really fun. It's so, and it's, fun. it's so nice. And it makes uh, it makes going through a lot of that really genuinely intense, painful, awful, deathful feeling. Yep. It makes that stuff so much more rewarding when you've got somebody who can kind of just help you navigate yeah. these situations because, you know, Mari's not the one solving the problem for you. You're just sometimes you just need a guide yep so i think that is just absolutely wonderful so thank you so much for being here thanks for rambling with me it's so fun you could totally do this again (laughs) you got my podcast (laughs) that's everything we could cover today folks but my goodness what fun i had with this one i hope you were as interested as i am And I'm grateful for you giving us a listen. Please do like, subscribe, and share to help the show grow. I've been Jet, and this has been the Sustainable Culture Podcast. I'll see you next time.